just felt pushed toward, pressed toward in the last couple of weeks. I had hoped to just maybe preach a message here or there and share a word of hope, move into the season of Advent, move into the season of Christmas, share messages about the birthing of the Savior, and then press maybe into a series afterwards on, uh, on the fire of God. And I, I thought, God, I'm suppo- I've got to be here three years. I can't preach on, I can't speak on fire and, and those kind. I've got to have some time to let the people breathe. And uh, I felt moved toward that last Sunday morning. And I, about Thursday, I received a comment, said, Pastor, um, said, your message, I've been thinking about it all week. God's dealing with me. And I took that as a confirmation and I, I feel like he's speaking to us about being more, more than smoke, more than just uh, the embers of a bygone day. I believe if God is ever burned with the fire and the hope of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit that he is absolutely burning today that why can't this be the age where our sons and our daughters prophesy I, oh I know we want to keep it calm and I, I know we want to keep it uh, we want we want to keep it light but but I believe that God if we've ever needed the move of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit we do today. We're seeing this even by evidence in our altar services before we even get even get to the Word of God. This next year, if I understand correctly, we will celebrate 100 years as a church, 100 years as summoned the Church of God. And I felt like God moved on me early this morning and he said, we are more than smoke. We are more than just the evidence of our past that God is ready to move and do and breathe on us even today, right now, right here. Amen. I'm speaking to some people in this house. You've been hurt. You've been burned at times and felt passed over and maybe overlooked and just had people just do you wrong. Anybody, would you be bold enough to raise your hand you've ever been through that in your life? I have. And so this morning, uh, I just want to take a few minutes and I want to speak on the subject of snakes biting in your fire. Snakes biting in your fire. Um, I've not had any stories this week. I, I don't know of anyone that's been bitten or tried to bite me, so I'm not... I'm not taking aim at anyone today. I just want to share the word of the Lord. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. Acts chapter 28, verse 3. I just, uh, I'm I'm thankful that... uh, God is with us. Aren't you thankful for these beautiful babies again and families that were dedicated to the Lord today? The word said this, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat. Why did the, vi- why did the snake? Because of the heat. And it fastened on his hand. Verse 4 said, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man, Paul, is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, a shipwreck, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the the fire. And he suffered no harm. Verse 6. However, they were expecting that that he would just swell up or, or suddenly fall over dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their mind. And said that he was a God. So he's gone from being a murderer in their minds to being now from one extreme to the other. He must be a God. He must be some kind of 
deity. I believe that Paul was simply in touch with the fire of God, the, the spirit of God, the power of God, however you choose to define it. Paul had a connection with the Father, amen? God, I pray that you would add your anointing to your word today, your anointing to your people, not only to hear the word, but receive the word, to respond to the word, and to retain the word. I pray, God, that somehow you would give me that fire that is needed to deliver the word more than logos words on a page, but rain a word that comes alive inside the heart. I still believe, God, that there is an upper room anointing that you have destined and planned for your people and your church. And I pray, God, today that that would be the fire that inhabits this place. And our hearts in Jesus' name. And the body said, Amen. you may be seated. Give honor and respect to my mom, to my dad today. They are both in service with us. I love you, dad. Love you, mom. Glad you're here this morning. In certain sectors, scattered throughout prison yards, in our nation is an organization known as the nation of gods and earth. Malcolm X's reprobate protege, Clarence 13X, left the nation of Islam over, over the identity and the nature of God. The nation of gods and earth teaches that fathers are gods and mothers are earth. They don't ascribe to Yahweh, don't teach Jehovah, and do not follow after Jesus. They ascribe to the theology that they themselves are gods known as Allah. Allah being an acronym for arm, leg, leg, arm, and and head. The short gap is that none of these things even remotely cover, cover the heart. They have limbs but no conscience. People led by activity but making no sense. And as a consequence, we have people who call themselves spiritual but they have no real bond to the body through the heart. It is hard then when we are part of a 21st century modern church that has people who are indeed emotional, but they are not remotely intellectual. So their understanding of God is predicated in, or stuck in what they feel and not what they know. So if I feel good, then I must feel God. So if things are not going well, it becomes a strain to worship God. Why? Because I don't feel like it. So you've got people who do not come to church simply because they did not feel like it was a Sunday that they needed to. God, therefore, may not be interested in your emotion because he said you'll only be transformed by the renewing of your of your mind. So when my thinking changes, I am no longer held hostage because I will not trust God based off of, of what I feel. I trust him based on what I know. So the enemy who has limited understanding of who and what I am in God in order to manipulate me and intimidate me, he uses my emotions as a, as a playground. So he tries to stress me out and depress me, make me feel anxious and overwhelmed and worried so that I become so bound up in my feelings that I forget that God not only saved my soul, but he also saved my mind. Uh, and I reached the place that my grasp of the depth of God this is gonna blow your theology, but uh, <laughs> my grasp of God is not predicated on the syncopation of the praise team. 
I do not need a video that puts me in the mood to glorify God. And when you see me worship, I don't worship based off of what the pastor said because some days I don't feel anything at what I say. But it's when I know that I know that I know had it not been for the Lord on my side, somebody tell me where would I be? I sense his holy anointing. I must turn myself in this morning. I, I must declare to you, Stephen Rizzo, that I am too flawed to be God. Too broken, Sarah, to be God. I've got too many of my own issues, Pam, that to be the God that I serve. But I thank God that I was created just a little lower than the angels, the word of God said. That word angels is not our earthly concept of angels. That word there is Elohim. It means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So I am created just below the Godhead and I have his favor. I know that you've got it all together, but can I tell you, just in case you don't know, you are not God. He is more than Allah. He is more than your arm and your leg and your arm and your head. We didn't come to worship Mother Earth. We didn't come to worship the human intellect. We didn't come to worship Jay-Z or Beyonce. We didn't even come to worship the mother of God. But for God I live and for God I die. First things first, we have come to worship the one who is worthy. So by the time we get to Acts 28, Paul has just survived a shipwreck. I mean... They are messed up. They've just survived. Brian, the evidence that I am not a God is that I have a God. And uh, uh, because I came through a shipwreck that should have killed me, it was only God that could have saved me. <laughs> I, listen, I may look like the perfect individual. Ryan uh, McGill may look like the, the, the perfect individual but you look at me and you look at us and you don't know the accidents that we've been through. You don't know the shipwrecks that have, that have happened in my life. You don't know the stuff that I bumped into. You don't know the crazy people that I've dealt with. <laughs> you survived a shipwreck somewhere in your life. And I serve a God that helped me walk away from some things I should have never walked away from in my life. I am not God, but I serve the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last. Amen. You checked yourself and only God could have brought you through that. You don't even have any scars. You don't have any wounds. After all that, there must be a God. How do you know, Pastor Paul said that after I survived the shipwreck, I ended up on this island. And he said, people, strangers, started being unusually kind to me. Can I just stop for a moment and prophesy over this body and over your life that the evidence that God is with you is that God is getting ready to show you a unusual kindness. He's about to bless you with an unusual blessing. There are men and women on their way to provide favor over your life. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But because he's the real God of heaven and earth, I have unusual blessing on my life. Man. Paul said, uh, for all the Levites, in the room. All of those that really believe the word of Romans that says we are kings and we are priests. For all the Levites in the room, get ready for unusual doors to open. Because someone in this house, you would say, Pastor, I need that door. Would you lift your hand right now? And would you receive the blessing of God? I'm ready for unusual blessing on my business, on my school, on my home. Family, unusual opportunities. 
There's not even a job description for what God is about to do in your life. I'm listening to men and women in this conversation that says, Pastor, in the last two weeks, God is dealing with me. I'm set financially. I've got good provision for me and for my family, but I feel God tugging at my heart to take that next step that God wants me to do more for the, for the kingdom. I, I'm talking about unusual favor and blessing. Strangers are being kind. I've, can, can I get anyone in the house to agree? I've testified over some things in my life. I've got a real testimony about some hell on earth that I've been through. I've got some, some real testimony about, about some shipwrecks in my life. I can't fan anyone else's flame until I am willing to fan my own. There are some things that have happened to me in life, but, but by his grace and his mercy, Dana Reed, I am still burning. I am still a flame. I am still a fire in the night to those who need, who need him. If you've gone through a shipwreck recently, if you've gone through travesty in your life and tragedy in your life, you've gone through some heartache, God said, start by building a fire. Paul's just been dragged from the sea and God sends somebody to help light his fire. God will put someone near you that will strike you to passion. Someone will connect to you and, and make you excited about life again. God said, I can do that through my son, Jesus Christ. God said, I want to put people around you that are excited about your dreams. They're excited about your vision, Pastor. They're, they're excited about the word of God in you. They're excited about what we've been and what we can be. That there are no holes barred on the God that we serve. There are no limits and no boundaries. I, I really can do anything. And uh, tell somebody, you can't stand cold next to me. You can't sit cold next to me. If you're going to sit on my row, there needs to be some heat coming off of you because if there's not, there's some heat coming off of me and you're going to know that the devil has... On my row, in my chair, with my family. <laughs> uh, you, can't, you can't be cold and stand next to me. You will either smother the fire or you'll help breathe life into it. Yeah. We got people comfortable coming to church all their lives because they're good at smothering or smothering the fire. And God said, I, don't sit on their road. Don't sit by them. Don't waste your time talking to them. Get with somebody. Get on a road. Get in an aisle where there's some fire and passion and heat for God. Your drive is coming back. Excitement over your call. If you're called to ministry, lift your hand in this house. If you're involved in ministry, lift your hand in this house. God said to remind you, remind you, remind you that your passion is still, is still there. There's an excitement over your call coming once again. Inspiration and anticipation is coming back again. Tell you, I, uh, you want, you, God said, I'm ready to put some people around you that won't take your authority for granted, that won't usurp your authority, but, but they honor God in you as you honor God and them. You, you need people around you that, that represent the fire of God. I need a staff that is on fire. They need a pastor who is on fire. I need a church board that is on fire. I need church board's wives that are on fire. We need men and women of God that believe there's more to this life than just getting by. Complacent people will not help you at all. Life will not become, I'm, 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 I'm not speaking to 10, I'm 20, 30, 40 people this morning. That life will not be awesome again for you until God becomes awesome again in you. 
Jay-Z filled the Barclays Center in New York City. Did a pretty good job, didn't completely fill it. Three nights later, Barbara Streisand, her and Jay-Z, they're close to the same style. <laughs> Almost filled the Barclays Center. But two nights later, Kirk Franklin shows up singing about the fire of God. Over 11,000 people absolutely filled that auditorium to capacity and beyond. Don't tell me there's not a people. I don't know them. I can't judge them. I'm not judging their motives. But what I'm telling you is this. There is a people. They are still hungry for the fire and the passion and the glory of God in their life. God surround us with people who challenge us to think higher, reach farther, build stronger. Moms and dads, your church, your family, your son and your daughter doesn't have to take a back seat to anybody. Change your thinking, change your mind. Let the fire of God invade your heart. I'll tell you one thing, if you don't show your mate passion, They will lose it for you. And we think that somehow God never stops loving us, but somehow we think that God's going to move with passion in our circumstances, and, and we're only about halfway there with him. And we live, like, we live like he's the God of the shipwreck and not the God of hope and, and, and the God of a new day and the God of, and the God of strength and the God of help. Paul starts gathering the sticks and a fire is burning. Why? Paul chooses to do more. He knows that God is an awesome God. God spared his life. Listen, a real believer in the kingdom of God wants to do their share. They don't sit around waiting on someone else to do it for them. If you have any kind of destiny on your life, you'll never be comfortable with someone else doing for you. Gather some sticks. Start doing something in your life. If you have any kind of anointing on your life, any kind of calling, you will always want to do and to know what you can do to contribute to the fire of God. God give us people that helps lighten our load rather than those who just put more and more on our backs. If you've got any kind of fire in your life, you'll know better. You'll know better. That's adding to the pastor's burden. That's adding to the musician's burden. That's adding to. God said if there's any kind of fire in your life, you'll understand the importance, how, how dire it is that you help lift the load off of someone else's back. Even while Paul is gathering, something, something amazing happens. A snake comes out and bites his hand. And it happens while he is working to build passion. If he was just poking around in the fire, messing around in the fire, he would have never been bitten. But because he chose to construct something, build something for himself, the enemy gets angry. Anyone can play with fire. But we are here to build something for the kingdom of God and for our family. And, uh, and you, you got somebody taking your fire for granted uh, just enough to mess it up. You ever seen those old movies when I was young and younger and you watch some suspenseful movie and this person shows up in a, in a town and they end up, they're broken down and they end up staying there for two weeks or two months or whatever and there's something weird going on in the, in the town and, and, and at the end of the movie, uh, that person ends up getting really hurt or whatever and, and then they show this last scene of the movie and everybody's standing in, in this picture and the people that are, are the most evil people in the town, they're standing in that picture like they didn't do anything, like nothing's up, like nothing happened. 
And uh, you see, that's the way it is many times, uh, uh, even in the body of Christ and, and especially in the world. People just acting like they're not doing anything and they're working against the fire rather than working for the fire. They're, they're helping pour water on the fire rather than help build the fire, the fire high. And, and so it is that, that out of this, this snake comes and this snake bites and this snake latches on to Paul. Can I tell you this morning that, that the enemy only bites people who are industrious, people who, who want to do something for the kingdom of God. He only despises self-starters. And the enemy will always get angry when you start trying to build on something that has been provided. Because the enemy wants to destroy and tear down. Please notice that the last time we saw a snake in the scripture, the last time you see a snake in the scripture was in the Garden of Eden. The last time you see a snake, it was in the garden. The last time a snake shows up, Adam isn't working on anything. He's just enjoying what God has already built and provided. You see, as long as Adam was living in favor, the snake just talked. And as long, as long as you're living within the favor of, of the snake, the snake will just talk. But when Paul starts functioning in his gift, he intercedes. He saves a ship full of other people. The snake goes from talking to biting. You know the enemy is mad when you start making progress in your walk with God. You are no longer just talking about it. You have put your foot forward and determined that you will do something for the kingdom. And so, when Satan comes to the fire, he does not bite the arm, he bites the hand. He bites the area of Paul that is uncovered. And so it is, the fire keeps us covered. And uh, you see, some have given God their attendance, but they have not given God their attention. I go to church, so does the devil. We've given him our attendance, but our, our attention is lacking. God says, I'm trying to speak to you. He has your body, but not your heart. He has your heart in the altar on Sunday morning, but he doesn't have your body on Monday morning. You've got five different names tattooed on your flesh, and, and, uh, and I'm not here, I'm not preaching against tattoos. Don't misquote me. You've got Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals on this arm, and you've got Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides on this arm. You've got a cross around your neck, but there is a disconnect about who you really belong to when it comes to your speech and to your behavior. You've got to be careful about what part of your life is uncovered. I want God in my bank account, but I don't want God in my bedroom. I want God in my finance, but I don't want God in my entertainment. I want God paying my bills, but I don't want me paying my tithes. The snake comes after the area of your life that you keep leaving uncovered. God said, I need some people today. This is your time, your moment, your hour to shake some things off in the fire. The word said they presumed that he was a murderer. Don't you know, have you ever been to that place, Tanya, where people see you struggling? And instead of helping you in your struggle, they start judging you. Boy, she must be slacking with God. <laughs> you see what's happened in the church? Boy, the pastor, he must not be close to God. They think they have the authority to say, you deserve it. 
It must have been something you did. I believe they, they are half right. Tell them there is, a, there is a killer in all of us. If it were not for the grace and the mercy of God, we would all be dead by our own sin. But because of his mercy and because of his grace and because of the price that he paid, we can be covered and free. Some people like the old you. They don't know why you stopped drinking their Kool-Aid. Stop. The old me, tell someone to, or to say it out loud, the old me is not coming back. God, I'm yours. The old me is, is not, I, I am yours. The Bible said, the Bible said he shook the snake. He shakes the snake and the snake keeps holding on. Hey, I, I, I confronted snakes with the authority of the word of God and, and, and they try to keep holding on for, listen, it is a great indictment against us as the church when snakes hold on to us longer than we hold on to God. Because the real saints will hold on to the unflinchable hand of the almighty God in the worst circumstances of our life and believe that we will come out on top when it's all said and done, amen? And so uh, I, uh, I think that it's important that that we, we get to a place where the fire of God is so real and so strong in us that the enemy can't hold on because the flame of God, the power of God is greater than, than the power of the enemy in, in our lives. I have found out how, how to kill a demon. I, I have found out how to overcome the influences of, of hell. It's not the same old, same old, but it's when I, when I start to move in the power and the fire of his spirit. Can anybody hear me this morning? I said, it's when I, when I start to move in the authority that I have that the enemy is shaking from my life. Nowhere does, nowhere does Paul reach for a bottle of oil. He doesn't have time to get in a prayer line. He has a snake on his hand. And the word of God said he starts to move and he shakes and he declares the authority of God. And, uh, tell, tell someone sitting close to you right now, you don't know it, but if you will move, Every enemy of depression is getting ready to fall off of your life. If you will move, stress is under your feet. <laughs> if you will move right now, anxiety is being broken. Whatever you need, reach up right now. Whatever you need God to do, reach up right now and take hold of his hand. Moms, if you're tired of fighting demons over your children, right now, take hold of his hand. Dads, if you're tired of carrying the weight right now, lift up your hands and begin to shout out a praise to God. Anything and everything illegally on you today must fall off in the name of Christ. Take authority that you have through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul threw it back in the fire. Revelation says the day is coming when Jesus will stand before that old snake, the devil himself, and that he will throw him. He will cast him into the lake of fire for all of eternity. I declare today that the power and the authority of God is greater than that burden you carried into this house. I'm just camping out. We'll, we'll, I'm, I'm getting there. You need healing. Your mom needs healing. Your dad needs healing. I felt like the Spirit of the Lord quickened me and said, there were some snakes that you thought you were supposed to carry until 2023 to carry until January, until December. But God said, if you'll shout and praise him right now, God said, I'll kill it by Thanksgiving Day. I'll kill it, I'll take care of it. I'll deliver you before the next holiday gets here if you will praise. Him. Praise him, praise him. God, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Kill it, God, I 
can't handle it. Take care of it, God. I can't do it anymore. Take it, God. Now, stand with me all over this house. Philip, Paul threw that snake back into a fire he didn't even build. He helped add to the flame. He gathered wood and helped increase the fire and the heat. But he threw the snake back into a, a fire that, that he did not build. So in other words, that snake was killed off of someone else's off of someone else's fire. You may not even know it today, but you're sitting beside a praiser. There's a worshiper on your row. There's someone in this house close by you that knows how to touch the heart and the favor of God. And God said, uh, I didn't just kill it because of you. I killed it because of their praise. I, I killed it because of their worship. Uh, God said there are times that you showed up and it was their praise that helped kill your demon before you even got home. Amen. I'm telling you, we are not here by chance. We are not here at some happenstance. We are here because we serve a big God who does big things and everything in his word adds up. I don't know about you, but come here, Dana Reed. Come here, Dana. Come here, Dana. Come here, Dana. I believe that about, I believe that about Dana. He's been real open with me. He's got an incredible testimony, but I believe there are some things that fell off of other people in this house because he got close to you. And there was enough power and enough prayer and enough praise to back it up uh, that just because he walked by, God honored his prayer and his praise for you and he set you free because of the authority that's on his life. I believe that about the relationship that Tammy Dodd has with God. I believe that. I, I believe her face came to me this morning. I, I believe this lady right here, I believe that she's walked by just a few hours. I believe that the favor of God is on her life and the anointing of God is on her life. And she came praising and magnifying and glorifying God and because of her walk. So you say, Pastor, I can't, sing a lick, I can't carry a note, but someone on this stage was worshiping God and breaking through it, breaking strongholds, breaking the powers of darkness and the enemy. And you were set free, you were delivered because of their prayer. Did Josh slip out? Josh, come. where's Josh? There he is. Ah, you thought you'd get back there this week. Three or four people came to me this morning. Josh was the last one. I don't have any doubt about it. There are times, there are things in, on that front row where I've been standing, they broke off of me because of his, his obedience to her. Give God glory. Praise God. My dad is the bravest man I know. He is set examples of integrity in my life over and over again. I know we all think that about our dads or a lot of us or our, our moms or our families, but there's one thing that my dad does not like. He does not like snakes. <laughs> you don't joke about it. I mean, you don't put a rubber snake in the floor and you, you don't... He won't watch a TV show. He won't watch a, a movie, anything before, especially before he goes to bed. If he has a snake, change it. <laughs> All right. Somebody thought it was funny. I don't know if it was y'all that did it to us or someone that did it on purpose, but, but on the ledge outside of our home that we bought here, uh, it took us about three or four weeks to find it. We didn't realize, some, one, somebody just looked up and somebody put one of those rubber snakes on the, on the window ledge of our house. It looked real. <laughs> and after I got up off the ground, I... <laughs> I 
You say, Pastor, I come to church Sunday after Sunday and I worship God. I give him everything I've got and it seems like it doesn't really matter to anybody. Stop worrying about what other people think. It may, it may be that one individual. It may be that one mother. It may be that one son that because of your praise and your worship, God honored your prayer in their lives. <laughs> Tell somebody, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Somebody lift your hand and praise him. Magnify him this morning. Honor him. I am honored by your praise. I sit in heavenly places. I am honored by the glory that I receive. Even now placed upon your lips. Honor me, declares the Lord, and I will honor you with my presence. You've not given thought to, neither have you comprehended what I do, not only for you, but for those in your presence when your words of glory and honor and praise come before me. Praise me now, declares the Lord, and I will deliver those around you. Honor me, says the Lord, and I will set others free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor right now. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, you can thank me later. <laughs> I just took out your demon with pride. I just took out your snake. I just... Yeah. Mom and dad, build a fire around your children. Build a fire around those babies. Don't ever let them see for one moment, think for one moment that you're not connected to God. You're not as close as you can be to him. Even when you're struggling in life. Our kids have got to see. I believe there's a fire in our, in our, in our student pastor. I believe our kids see that in him, in his, in his wife, Nicole. The sad thing is, is that people saw Paul get bit and no one moved to do anything. They just stepped back and waited to see what would happen. And after a long time, they saw that there was no effect on his life. Can I get you to prophesy this over your own life? I don't use that word prophesy a lot. I don't take it lightly. But can I get you to prophesy over yourself this morning? And that you declare, when others look at me, they will see no effect from the snake that bit me. Because if all they see and hear is the effect of the snake, the world can do that. They do it every day. But when they can look at your life and see the glory and the power and the testimony of the Most High God, that even though I've been bent, even though I've been through the even though I've been through the shipwreck, bless God, I'm still standing by the grace and the mercy of God. There is no effect on what you did to me. Everyone that will come join me in this altar this morning. You can make your way here if not. God will honor you right where you are. Push in, push in, press in. Where that? The testimony of God's faithfulness is greater than all the junk that somebody tried to mess your life up with. Tried to throw at you. Tried to hurt, tried to belittle your family. Tried to tear your family. Tried to tear your ministry down. 
We stand together as a body. We stand together united in the Lord. We, we stand together as, as an example of fire to a world that needs and must feel our heat. Uh, I believe this. I, I, I was talking with someone this week. She wasn't, I don't think she was in the room. I was talking about Kelly and they were, they were sharing some of their story and some of the things that, that she has been through in her life. Her dad in and out of prison on the run. Some of you have heard her story. It's an incredible testimony. She had nothing as a child. Somehow they've, uh, she got hold of a, a, a pick they've done of a, a little house in Florida that they lived in. About six of them living in a house that was uh, probably maybe as big as this stage. And I, and, I, and I testified for her. I said, the one thing about my wife, about Kelly, is that all of those things that she went through and, and could have sidetracked her, I never hear her getting bitter or upset or falling apart. She talks about who she is today yes. and who God is in her life yes. and how that God has covered her. You know, this, this people, you've been bit more than once. Anybody been bit more than once? Anybody said, Pastor, I've been bit 93 times. You've been keeping up. You've got it on your calendar. I'll mark it again, 94. Some people don't know how, how many times you've been bit. But there's no trace of pain. Some people, all they talk about is how many times they've been bitten. great thing about Paul is that on Malta, the Word of God said that he is in contact with a man by the name of Publius. His father is the governor. His father is sick, near unto death. And that after Paul shakes off that snake and he is a living testimony that God's favor is on his life, that he goes and he puts his hand on Publius's father and that he is healed. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that if you'll live right and you'll trust God and you'll heed the word of God, God will take the very thing where you were bitten in life, he'll take it and he'll turn it to the absolute instrument of his glory and his favor. He'll use the very thing that the enemy thought he would destroy you with to be an instrument of healing in the life of somebody else. Would you lay your hands on one another today? Would you make your hands an instrument? I want them just to sing a moment. Would you pray for one another? Would you pray fervently? for those around you that the fire of God, the heat of God would consume them and consume our church and consume our people. God, you were...
Maybe it's your finance. Maybe it's a relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's job opportunity. Maybe you feel like you've been looked over and passed over and held back. Would you pray that right now with me as they sing one more time that God will take the very area, those things in our life, that we will name them by name right now and that God will touch us and take those things to help change the world that we live in. Lift your hands one more time. Father, today I pray earnestly. I pray, God, I believe within the will of God that right now it is that indeed, that very thing, that very child, that very son, that very daughter, that God, they are coming home. That God, whether it's been financial strife and financial want and a financial heaviness, that God, you would begin to lift that load even right now. For the glory Jesus Put your hands on your wallet. Put your hands on your bills. Jehovah Jireh will provide. That area of sickness in your body, in your mother, in your father. Put your hands on that area in your life. Right now that God, Jehovah Rapha, would heal and make whole and make new. We have all been bit. We have all been hurt. But it was God's will for you to live and to testify about it and to share it with the world that you live in. Change.